Hey, welcome to episode number four of the Between Sermons podcast. Uh, my name is Brent. I'm joined today by the one and only Carlton McCarthy. Hey, hey. Uh, we're going to be hanging out a little bit. Today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we record these podcasts on Monday morning so they can be posted by Wednesday. Uh, and so yesterday was Easter Sunday, and uh, we, we had an amazing Easter. And I love being able to, so we did a Good Friday service where we focus on the cross. Uh, yesterday for Easter, we talked about the resurrection. Uh, but there's a day that we don't really, at least I haven't, taken the time to really talk about. Uh, and that is Saturday, right? So like from a from a Christian perspective, we've got Good Friday, this moment where Jesus dies on the cross for us. We've got Sunday, this glorious moment of resurrection yeah. uh, that brings us life. And it's like, I mean, it's the greatest moment in human history. But for us, Friday is good because we know Sunday's coming. For his followers, for his mother, for the, the women that were at the, at the cross that day, like Saturday is not a very good day. And it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, in the sermon you mentioned that it was a Sabbath and they couldn't work. Yeah, yeah, so they had do nothing. all you just sit day there. to reflect and mourn over yeah. what just happened. Yeah, and I think that that's powerful. They didn't have any distractions with work or social life or anything right. else. Yeah, it was a really hard day. Yeah, like uh, disciples uh, eventually they do go like back to fishing. Like they they find right, something to right. distract themselves, but they can't do that on Saturday. Right. Like literally, all they can do Saturday is think about how wrong they were. Yeah. Right. Because because for three and a half years, they're listening to a man tell them that he's God uh, and that he's the, the Messiah. He's the savior. He's the one that's going to rescue them. They they sell their businesses. They walk away from family. They go on this three year adventure all for it to just blow up in their face. And they may have thought that it was their fault or they failed in some kind of way to maintain ministry right. through that time and allowed him to die in three years of ministry. Yep. So they're dealing with grief. They're, they're dealing with loss. Yeah. Uh, they're also in complete fear because like they were following the guy that has just been executed by Absolutely. the Romans. Like at what point do the, the Romans don't care it's Sabbath. Right. Like you're sitting in your house on Saturday just waiting for a Roman to burst through the door and say, all right, it's your turn. Right. And they they came up with some false charges on Jesus yeah. because they had to take the uh, what the Jews said that he did and then transition that or interpret that into, you know, how did he break Roman law? Yeah. And if they could do that with Jesus, surely they could do that with the rest of the, of yeah. the disciples. And so at, at, at that moment. His disciples are sitting in a, a room, doors locked, terrified, mourning their the loss of their friend, who they thought was God, who they thought was going to rescue everyone and yeah. and transform the world, and they're they're dealing with this what I guess we would describe as the absolute worst day of their life. Yeah, right? like like even even on Friday, like there's a shock that's happening, like leading up to this moment they're like okay but he's he's he is god so like he's just gonna he's gonna snap right, his finger right. and and he's gonna come off the cross and he's gonna this is this is the moment this is the moment this is the moment moment doesn't happen they've seen it so many times when someone dies jesus waits yeah and then says oh they're just sleeping yeah <laughs> or he'll say come and watch this miracle yep and then he'll raise somebody from the dead yeah, and it I, didn't happen with him i mean they 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 heard him tell the seas to calm yeah like they're like okay it's at some point this Jesus is Absolutely. just going to 
Right. He's going to say something and it's all going to be good. And so the, you know, the whole premise of between sermons is we're taking a monologue from, from Sunday and turning it into a dialogue on Wednesday. Um, and so the dialogue that I want to have today though, is, um, around this idea of what do you do on the worst day of your life? Like for, for us, and I'll, I'll preface this by, by saying for us, we will never have a day as dark as the day the disciples had. Mm -hmm. Because we know how the story ends. Right, absolutely. Like, we, we know Sunday's coming. Yeah. We know that there is always hope. But there's still, there's moments that they suck. There, yeah. there's, there's, there's moments, there's days, there's weeks, there's months, there's, there's years even for some people that are just going through something that it's, it's true suffering. And it, it doesn't make sense and it's not fair. And, and so even, even right now for, for anybody that's watching this and, and you're, you're going through that right now. Like my heart goes out for, for you. My, my heart breaks for you. Like uh, I've, I've sat and I've, I've cried with people that have gone through things mm. that like I, I can't even begin to comprehend right. or understand death of, of a child, uh, loss of a spouse. I mean, when, when, when uh, a woman dies in, in childbirth, what's supposed to be this glorious moment. Yeah. Um, and then to sit with their husband as they weep. I just, I don't know that a podcast can, can really yeah, bring comfort to, to somebody that's going through that. So if that's you, I just, I just want you to know that I love you and, and that, that I'm praying for you and, and whatever you're going through, I just want you to know that there is hope and you're not going through it alone. And I, and I, I hope today that, that what we're able to talk about can, can bring a little bit of, um, I don't know, peace and even expectation for the future that, that there is always hope, even in the darkest situation that, that God is with us. Uh, you know, Jesus prayer, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil for right. the Lord is with me. Uh, that is the hope that we have, that, that we don't grieve like the rest of the world grieves, because we know that, um, you know, there's, there's this famous saying of, you know, don't put a, a period where God puts a comma. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is that even when there is a period, we know how the next chapter starts. Right. Like we, we know what comes next. Right. And so we'll never go through a situation as dark as what the, the original followers of Jesus must have felt on that Saturday. But I think a lot of us get pretty close to it. Right. And so, right. so what do you, what do you have to say? What do you, what, if, if somebody were to come into the office today and just explain to you what's going on in their life, yeah. how do you comfort them? Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and there's a number of ways you can look at this. Um, and you have to find out and pray through what way to look at the darkest moments of your life. It's right for you, depending on the circumstances that you're going through. Uh, in service, you asked a question. You said, how many points did I say that I was going to do? And I yelled out, out four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the and, accountant in the church yeah. got the number wrong. That was, that was a beautiful moment. We'll never let you live it down. And I was thinking to myself, I was so ready to answer that I didn't think, or I didn't listen to the question. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I think uh, for, for Mary and the women who went to the tomb, they were so ready to prepare the dead that they didn't think about the promise that Jesus had gave that he would, yeah. you know, be resurrected in three days. And I think that's what we go through is that we are so focused on the moment of hurt. The, we're so focused on the, that, that darkest moment of our life that we forget some of the promises that God has given Man. us. We forget uh, even our own prophecies in our own personal lives of what he's going to do for us. Uh, we talked a little bit about David and uh, how he's crying out in the wilderness um, to God because God is silent during that time of his yeah. life. 
and he's praying that, you know, God keeps him alive and doesn't allow him to die. You know, I wonder in those moments, did David really forget that he was anointed as king? Yeah. As king of what? As king of the wilderness? Uh, <laughs> and so I, I think that we, we can't be, you know, the, the, the darkest moment is present. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a tangible hurt sometimes. Um, I imagine the disciples were probably questioning their faith during that time, waiting yeah. for something to happen. Yeah. Uh, but we can't be so busy preparing for the dead or preparing for that dark moment or nursing that dark moment that we forget the promises that God has for us. Yeah. No, that's, I think that's brilliant. And, and, and knowing that, that God has promised us a future and a hope. Mm -hmm. And, and and like we said before, like, even if, even if it isn't for this moment, we do know that there, there's a heaven waiting for us. Absolutely. That even in the worst possible day here on earth, like, man, it, it says that in heaven wipes away every tear. He, he comforts us like there's no more grief. There's no more sorrow. There's no more sickness. There's no more death. Uh, and, and so having that as our hope for the future, um, you know, the, the the internship that I was in, we, we kind of got to this place where it was uh, it was kind of a, a running joke that it was like we can we can handle anything for five minutes. Like it, it's, just, <laughs> right. it's only five minutes. But we would apply that to uh, a five hour period. It was like, well, I can okay. I can make it through this for five minutes. Right. And so you get to the end of those five minutes and you're like, OK, I can get through this for five minutes. And you get through another five minutes and you're like, OK, I can get through this for five you're minutes. You live in life five minutes at a five time. Five minutes right? at a time. And you just and we, we applied to everything. It's like, well, you can do anything for a mile. Mm-hmm. And so we, we ran a marathon. It's like because right. you can do anything for a mile. So right. if you can keep the pace for one mile, what's two? Yeah. So you have 26 <laughs> endurance miles. Yeah, that's all you're doing. Yeah. You're, just, you're just running for a mile. And you've run a mile before. Right. No big deal. Just run it again. Just do it 26 times just, in just, a row. Just do it again. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's some wisdom in in being able to encourage yourself in in that moment of, of just saying, hey, as bad as this is, as rough as this is, um, I can survive it. I can, I can get through this because I've got this hope waiting for me. I've got this promise from God. And, and, right. and you're right. right. Like so often because of the situation, it, it all we can see is the problem. All we can see is the the grief and the sadness, and I'm not saying that you can't grieve. I mean, it's it, sure. you should grieve. Yeah. I mean, I think more men need to become more comfortable in crying. That that there is a sadness that that our body goes through, and and we need to be okay with that emotion. But I also think that we got to fix our focus. Yeah, uh, and and that's really where we get into trouble. Is that on the worst day of our lives, some of us just want to camp out there. Right. We pitch a tent and it's like, okay, well, I just, I live in this moment now. I live in this emotion now. Uh, I live in this grief. And it's like, no, I mean, like feel it, experience it, go through it. Yeah. And Jesus was our greatest example of that. When Lazarus died, he came in and he grieved with Mary. Yeah. He wept. wept. Yeah. Yeah, The shortest verse of the Bible. He wept with her and had a moment of grieving and mourning with her. But the example that he gave us is that he moved on from that moment yep. to go to the next step of that process. Yeah. And that's, you know, to raise him from the dead. But it was important for him to be with her in that moment of grief. And for us, we can't shy away from the emotions that we have and the hurt that we experience. You know, God gave us emotions and there's a process, uh, a healthy process for us to go through those emotions. Yeah. Uh, so we can understand what the, what are the next steps that God has for us and not to stay in those moments. Yeah. Um, I say there's there's many ways to to deal with the worst day of your life or, or a dark moment in your life. And uh, you, you, you pointed it out. One of those things is 
the hope of glory. You know, one of the promises that we can hold on to if we if we don't necessarily experience all the promises that God has for us, we will experience all the promises that God has for us in heaven. You know, some sometimes uh, we apply a happy ending to our lives here on earth, and that's not always the case. We have to live eternally minded. We can't live earthly minded uh, because we'll find ourselves in a lot of trouble um, in our faith when we believe that God is supposed to do something on earth in our life now. We have to remember that uh, we're going to eternity, and that's the ultimate hope that we have. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful um, thought to be able to to focus our attention not on the temporary but on the eternal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and and you talked about, you know, we've got to be able to grieve. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the Bible even tells us to 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 weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, absolutely, um, celebrate with those who celebrate. Like we're we're supposed to go through all of this range of emotions, uh, but we're never supposed to live there. Uh, and and as you pointed out, like our our hope, it it really is for this eternal glory. Uh, that if if you're putting your hope in, uh, okay, so so God promises you healing. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you may not experience that healing before your death. And that's a sucky right. thing to mm-hmm. embrace like that, that. Honestly, like I've, I've got friends who have, have have died to cancer and and we're praying for them and we're believing for a miracle, sure. we're believing for their healing. And I'm I'm of the mindset that God absolutely 100 percent healed them of cancer. Mm-hmm. I just wish he had done it before they died. Not after. right. Right. But the reality is sometimes. Sometimes there's a miracle on this side. Right. Sometimes the miracle is on the other side. Right. Uh, and as believers, that should actually give us hope. That should that should not be a depressing thing. That should be an encouraging thing that no matter what happens in the next 50 years of my life, if I'm lucky to live that long, no matter what happens, the ups, the downs, the, the goods, the bads, right. the end is perfect. Right. Every time. Like there there is no fail to right. the end being perfect. Yeah. And so do we give up in the moment because the hope is eternity and we just die? We lay down and die. Right. I'd say no. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, Paul mentions rejoicing in our suffering. Uh, he talks about before, you know, in, in, in the scripture, before you get to the hope, I'm losing the scripture. It's in Romans somewhere. But before you get to the hope, there is endurance and character yeah. through suffering. Yeah. And a lot of times we have to understand that God does allow some things to happen in our lives to help us build endurance and to build character because there's also ministry that needs to happen here on earth. We have to advance the kingdom on earth. And there's some things that he's preparing us for through suffering. And it it sounds kind of like, well, man, God, you're an all powerful God. You can just allow things to happen or create a happy ending for all of us. Uh, But part of the growing in endurance and growing in our character is the journey that we have with the Holy Spirit in those dark moments. With the Holy Spirit with us, it trains us how to increase our faith through those moments. And that's when we really build a relationship with God. Uh, We build a relationship with God in happy times. um, But God really can speak to us and bring us closer to him when there's a dark moment in our life. And Paul really explains that when he talks about building our endurance and yeah. building our character. And that's through the journey that we have with the Holy Spirit in yeah. those dark moments of life. And talk about a guy that understands the worst day of your life. I mean, oh, absolutely. I think he pretty much lived the worst day of his life yeah. repeatedly. 
how many times is he shipwrecked? He's poisoned. He's yeah, in stoned. Prison. He's imprisoned. Yep. He's he gets the same beating that Jesus receives yeah. multiple times. It's it's ridiculous what this man goes through, and yet he's the one that says, "Count it all as nothing compared to the, the <laughs> right. glory of Christ." Like absolutely, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing to to be able to focus on that hope that we have. And really, so so the first thing that we got to do is we got to fix our focus, right? Stop stop dwelling on the temporary and look to the eternal, for yeah. one. Second thing that you've kind of gotten into, and we talked about it even uh, in the message this week, uh, that uh, Scripture says that the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Like, it, hey, stuff happens. And, and if you came into Christianity thinking that because you're becoming a Christian, now life is going to be beautiful and perfect— I'm sorry, whoever taught you that it's yeah. it's wrong. Like it's, <laughs> right. just just read the Bible. Uh, it it's very not accurate. The difference between the believer and the unbeliever is that we have the Holy Spirit with us, mm. and and the Holy Spirit's job in our lives is to provide comfort. Uh, right. It's it's to be that he's to be that helper in our lives. That's yeah. that's being that encouragement. That's that's getting you through those roughest days of your life. And and honestly, I would I would rather have a rough day with the Holy Spirit than have a great day all by myself. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when the disciples were on the boat and the storm came, you know, before they got on the boat, Jesus gave them the end of the story. He said, you're going to get to the <laughs> yeah. other side. Yeah. But it's funny when the disciples woke him up, when the storm came and they're, you know, getting water out of the boat and they're panicking and they don't know what to do. And these are professional fishermen. Yeah. So when a, when, when a bad storm comes, they know it's a bad storm yeah. and they're panicking and they go to wake up Jesus and they say, they say to him, you know, aren't you worried? We're going to drown. And, <laughs> it's like, and I could imagine Jesus saying, well, who told you that? Like, where did you come up with that conclusion to your story? And that's one thing we can't do is we can't conclude ourselves, our, our story. Yeah, yeah. If we're in the will yeah. of God, we have to. Think about, okay, what has God said that he has for me? And uh, one thing we can't do at all is is bring to God our conclusion. Well, God, I guess, you know, this is just the end and nothing's going to happen and I'm going to die or this hardship is going to take over my life and this is just my new conclusion. There's a there's a comedian. Uh, sorry, interrupt, mm-hmm. but there's there's a comedian. I can't remember who said it, but uh, they said, "Don't tell me that worry doesn't work. The stuff I worry about never even happens." <laughs> <laughs> like I, it's pretty I good. love that because it, like it, and it's the reality that's so so often like like the disciples are in the boat and they're like, "We're gonna drown." And he's like, "No, you're not. I told you we're going to the other right, side." Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's a powerful <laughs> moment uh, for that story. Because then when you see the blessings of God, you're either in shock or you're, you know, praying to God to have mercy on you for all the bad things that you had said about the situation or about him. And it's like, man, if I would have just endured, built character and went through this journey with the Holy Spirit uh, inside of me, then I would have a better emotion about the thing that I'm going through. Things still hurt. You know, hurt is tangible. It's it's yeah. a it's an emotion that we have, and uh, you know, a lot of people have a difficult time going through difficult moments in life. Uh, but one thing that we we can't forget is that it's a journey that we we go through with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God may seem silent in certain moments in life, but He's never not there. He's always there for us and with us. Yeah. No, I love it. So we we fix our focus. We lean on the Holy Spirit that's yeah. there to comfort us. Um, Next thing I, I would love to point out, you, you mentioned David a second ago. There's there's a story of David that, that I love. It's 
a story of of David and Ziklag, I think is the is mm-hmm. the city. So basically, he gets he goes off to battle, and some people sneak into his camp and take a bunch of stuff and and just terrorize the people that he leaves behind. He comes back from the battle, sees all of his stuff gone, uh, people killed. Like it's it's right. a horrible moment. His own men that went off to battle with him are like, we're gonna kill David. Yeah. It's David's <laughs> fault. He's the one that dragged us off to battle. Uh, and in that moment, like it, there's this this super short verse that just says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that there's a lesson in there for all of us that that there is a moment where we need to yeah we we fix our focus and we lean on the Holy Spirit, but there's also a moment where we, we just got to encourage ourselves in, in right, God. Right. That that I think that happens when we worship and I think that happens when we pray. I think that happens when we take all of our frustrations, all of our pain, all of our worries, all of, all of this junk, all of this stuff. And we just put it aside and say, look, we'll deal with that later. I'll, we'll focus on that another time. We'll, we'll, we'll find solutions another time. But right now I just need to be as, as close to God as I can get. Yeah. Cause our faith is not in the circumstances that we're in. Our faith is in God. Yeah. And I think with that story, so many of us look at the next statement that David makes, God, should I go after these men and kill yeah. them? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we want the revenge. We want like, yeah, yeah. God, okay, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, yeah. take this hardship and, uh, you know, throw it in the pit of hell where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, but we forget that, you know, our faith isn't in the change of our circumstance, but our faith is in the presence of yep. God. And in any moment in life, we should be there. And I think God kind of watches us and says, okay, if this thing is happening to Carlton, where is his faith? Kind of like Job, you mm-hmm. know, is he yeah. faithful to me in good and is he faithful to me in bad? And yeah. I think David encouraging himself in the Lord in the worst moment of, of his life, yeah. in the worst moment of all his men's lives, yeah. um, I think that's encouraging for us as yeah. well. Is God only a good God when things are working out in my favor? Absolutely. And if that's your faith, that God is only a good God when things are working out in my favor, then I'm sorry, but you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping yourself. Right. Cause we can't comprehend God's goodness as it, you know, relates to our, you know, finite life here on earth. God's goodness is more vast. It's, it's greater than we can comprehend or think, including our own lives. And we say, you know, God, if you're good, why is this thing happening to me? But it's not as if, like God, if you're good, God is good, and this thing is happening to me. Yep. So how do we reconcile the two together? Yeah. And I think that's when we have to really focus in on our faith is in a good God, yep. not in our good life. Yep. And or a good outcome. A good outcome, right? Yeah. Yeah. For for me, there there's a verse that that says that God all work, works all things together for for our good, and like I I have to remind myself of that regularly because there's a lot of times when I don't see the good. I don't understand the good, but the statement doesn't become false because I don't understand it. It doesn't right, become false right. just because I don't see it. In fact, what what I've experienced, so there's, there's been, uh, I would say probably three moments that were like the worst moments of my life. These, these three distinct moments. And, and if I go back into them, one of them, um, it wasn't for several years that I saw the goodness that God was mm-hmm. doing in it. There was one that took a few months there was one where it was it was basically the morning, like the, the first half of the day was the worst day ever. The second half of the day, I saw miracle after miracle and, and God's goodness. So I, I didn't have to wait very long right, right. to see the goodness. But there was there was also times when it took years. Yeah. But like today, I could I could look back on that moment 
it was it was completely disappointing. I, I, my life I thought was supposed to head in one direction. Yeah. And with one conversation, uh, that door was slammed shut in my face. And it was now everything that I had been hoping for, everything that I've been planning for, everything that I've been dreaming about, everything that I thought God was saying he was going to do in my life. Like, like I was mad at God. I remember locking myself in a bathroom and just getting angry <laughs> at God because I was like, you're the one that promised me. You're you're the one that told me yeah. that you're the one that even put this in front of me. I didn't even care about this until you said it. And now you're telling me no. Like right. I, I was right. so angry at God. And I all like looking at back on it now, like. If I had gone down that path, I would have missed out on everything that God has done in my life since then. Yeah. And so like now I can actually look back on that moment and almost like shake my head and be like, oh, Brent, just if I could go back to, to Brent in that bathroom and just tap right, on my shoulder right. and be like, dude, suck it up. Like, yeah. why about trust God, trust right, God, right. trust God, trust God. And the amount of time that goes by, you know, in hindsight, it's like, how come yeah. I just didn't hold on a little longer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we have a certain level of arrogance with our relationship with God uh, or uh, selfishness that it's like, you know, I think back at my life and I say, you know, how dare I respond to God that way? If I would have just waited or held on to my faith a little longer, yep. he's going to reveal to me all the things that he has for me. And then I'll be able to see why he took me through the process that he took me through. Yeah. And I, and sometimes I get angry at myself and I say, man, Carlson, that was such a short amount of time. And we also have to remember, too, you know, when you read through the Old Testament, a lot of the promises and prophecies were for another generation. Yeah. And you're talking hundreds of years, yeah. thousands of years before these things manifest. And it's like, OK, the promises of God may not even be for me, but in my line for my children, children's children, children's yep. children. That's even the problem with when an eternal God tells you something's going to happen exactly. soon. Exactly. Like, what is soon in his mind? Because soon could be three generations later. When you're looking at 500 generations, three is, I mean, exactly. that's, that's soon. Yeah, it's like um, my son Spencer says, well, why did God get to the point where he decided to create creation or humanity? You know, it seemed like such a long time before he decided to create it. And I said, well, what's a long time? Because he was always there. So at any time that he would have created it, we can look at it as a long time, but it could have been a very short time. Yeah. The perception of time for us is not smart. I, I want to use yeah. other words, but it's, it's stupid yeah. Yeah. <laughs> compared to a God who lives in eternity. Yeah. Which is why it all comes back down to trust. That look, right. I, I don't understand this situation. I I I hate this situation. This situation seems unfair, um, and and I think that there's there's a reality, and there's some people that have lost a loved one, and they're like, there is no good in this. Like this right. is this is somebody that I loved, and and I wanted more time with them, and and being able to say even in that, I'm gonna trust God, that right. that He's working things out, and He's putting things together, and He's doing things, and even if I if even if I end up dying without reconciling the goodness in that situation, mm -hmm. I can stand before God in heaven and he can comfort me. Yeah. Jesus wipe said, away those tears. G Jesus says that we uh, those that give up their lives for him will gain it. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Give up our life. You know, is he talking about our physical life? Yeah, probably. But he's also talking about giving up our way of thinking yeah. as it relates to his process of his will for us in our lives. You know, I have to give up my selfishness. I have to to give up what I think is good or what I want in a moment 
Um, and when I'm able to do that and just completely trust in his will, then I gain so much more. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to highlight one, one other, uh, aspect of all of this, and that is just the importance of community. Um, yeah. I think that too many of us are surrounded by people that can't really offer us any help. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people out there that when you're having a bad day, you, you kind of, you put on the sad song, mm. Uh, you you go and talk to the friend that's gonna eat the bucket of ice cream with yeah, you. They're exactly, like it's just gonna yeah. it's just gonna continue. This. Misery loves company. Right? Yes, exactly. Uh, but the the value in in being around the right people, people that are gonna be an encouragement to you. Like if I'm having a bad day, you know who I want to hang out with? Uh, Harry Valentine on our staff. <laughs> Harry is just perpetually in a good mood. Yeah, um, he can be having a horrible He's day. Optimistic about everything, everything, everything. So yeah. I want to on the worst day of my life. I need to hang out with Harry. Yeah, because uh, Harry is going to bring joy. Harry is going to get me to stop thinking about the, the pain or the problem. And he's going to he's going to distract me in a way that's healthy uh, and that's good. And he's going to he's going to point towards God and all. Right, of it. right. And I think we all need somebody like Harry in our lives. Some somebody that we can go to when when life is awful and they're not just going to be like, yeah, life is awful. Yeah, how much better would it have been for David if the men that he was with were encouraged with him? <laughs> instead or of saying we should him, kill you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead of saying we should yeah. kill you, yeah, it'd yeah. have been so much better for David. But I like that. You know, we have to find people in our lives who are going to encourage us, yeah. who are going to remind us of the promises that God has for us. Um, who's going to tell us that there is hope in the circumstance that you're going through, or who could just like Jesus with Mary, just be there and grieve with us, but then pick us up and yeah. and help us through the next. Pr- the next steps of the process. Yeah, absolutely. And and at some point, I think in order to find that kind of person, you almost have to become that kind of person. Yeah. Um, because if, if you can be that person for a friend when they're hurting, man, when, when it's, it's now it's your turn, mm-hmm. like they're, they can encourage you. Uh, and I heard, I heard somebody talking about one time, like if, if, if you go to a friend when you're hurting and the friend is also hurting, the two of you together need to go to a third friend. <laughs> yeah, like just don't stop else. there. Just like right, keep right, going right. until you find somebody that can encourage the both of you. Right. Um, but I think that there's, there's a value in having uh, people in your life that you can talk to uh, that, that can encourage you that, that are believers too. And that and this is part of why, like it's so important for you to have Christian friends. Like, yeah, I, I get, yeah. you know, that, you know, some of your friends are coming from non-Christian sources. You know, it's yeah. a, a guy at work you just connect with or somebody play video games with or somebody in the neighborhood or whatever. Cool. That's that's awesome. But you've got to work hard to develop Christian relationships as well, yeah. because when that worst moment of your life comes, you want to go to somebody that can actually point you to Scripture. Yeah. Somebody that knows their Bible, somebody that has a prayer life themselves that, that is like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to be adding you to my my morning prayers. Yeah. Like. I think there's too many people on Facebook just saying, oh, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And saying, no thought, no prayer happened. Uh, but having those kind of Christian relationships where you can go to somebody and say, hey, th- this is what's going on in my life. This, yeah. is, this is the worst day. I, I need, can we grab some coffee? I just, I need somebody to, to talk me off the ledge. Yeah. Sometimes having diverse perspectives isn't necessarily good. Right. Sometimes we need Christ-like pr- perspective. Yeah. And it's good to have Christian friends, you know. I get so excited about reflecting on the things that God has brought me through um, because in the end, I get a new revelation of who he is to me in my life. And I want to share that with someone who may be going through something yeah. that's like the thing that I've that, that I've come out of. Yeah. And I can share with them in advance, like, hey, this is the revelation that I received of yeah. who God is in me through this moment. 
And you can really move somebody through their circumstances a lot quicker yeah. than you've gone through because you were able to share the conclusions that you got out of your relationship with God with that person. Yeah. And so having a Christian perspective on these uh, topics are vitally important. And it, it kind of hinders us when we have non-believers giving us their pers- perspective because yeah. there's a different influence there. Yep, absolutely. So when, when, when I talk about going to a Christian friend, what, what do you say to somebody that's like, well, I would love to go to my Christian friend. I don't have any. How, oh, wow. How, how do you develop? <laughs> how, do you, how do you make sure. friends uh, with, with somebody that is a, a believer? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I think that's where the church comes in um, and being a part of, of, of the community mm-hmm. um, and letting the community know that there is a place of refuge, there's a place yeah. of hope. Uh, that they have and then in that christian christian friendships can blossom from that but but that's a tough question uh what's the answer pastor brent (laughs) i mean the 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 answer that i i think that that we demonstrate here here at our church is uh you need to be serving in a team Mm -hmm. uh or you need to be part of a life group or both like get into that's why we offer like our our small group system at clc is, is built around um it's called free market it's yep. like, you know, like it's not everything is a Bible study. You know, sometimes we're getting together just to go have dinner. Yeah. Uh, you know, like my, my life group is is all for like parents with, with young kids and we eat dinner together and we play games. And yeah. sometimes we remember to pray uh, before the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's a social group like it, it's there. But uh, our kids have become friends. Yeah. Um, we've become friends with the parents. And now it's like when even when we're not in the context of the small group. But we're, you know, out in, in, in town or, you know, one, one of the members in our group released a, an album, did like a album release party. And like everybody from the life group showed up and we're, we're hanging out with his family members and people That's that aren't nice. part of the church. And yeah. like it was just it was it was cool to see the support that was happening. And, and I think that happens when you're intentional and you say, OK, not only am I going to sign up for a group, I'm going to show up to the group. And, and I'm going to I'm going to put myself out there a little bit and, and I'm right. going to I'm going to start those conversations and, and see who who I have things in common with. We, we discovered that two families in, in our life group live like a block away from each other and had no clue that they were basically oh, wow. neighbors until they showed up to the life group. Yeah. And they're like, oh, man, it was like a 15 minute drive here. And they're like, oh, it was 15 minutes from me, too. Where are you coming from? <laughs> right. And it, literally, they're a block away from each other. Uh, so get into a group. Uh, also, I, I think that serving is a great place uh, for that. Uh, a lot of my relationships and friendships have come from from ministry opportunities and whether that's uh, you know I, I work for a church obviously so there's some staff friendships that happen that way but it's just serving in general yeah uh, you know like some of my closest friends were even today were back in our youth ministry days and it was like we, we did ministry together um, but it, it developed these relationships these friendships that years later none of us are in youth ministry anymore uh, but we're all still friends and we can, you know, hang out and text each other and call each other and be like, hey, you know, what's going on in, in your life? And some yeah. of us have moved to different places, but there's a relationship that is is connected because we had so much time serving together. Yeah. Sometimes doing ministry with someone creates a bond because there's yeah. some difficulties in doing yeah. ministry, especially yeah. street ministry or yeah. out out in the community uh, where that bond is formed yeah. because you're both going through a difficulty yeah. in ministry or just the, the act of serving. Um, 
the fulfillment that you get from serving and it being shared with someone creates yeah. a relationship that's that's yeah. lifelong. And a lot of times we're, I mean, we're serving in a place where we have an interest, which means yeah, the absolutely. other person serving yeah. it has an interest in it. And and friendships are are quicker and easier when they're shared shared interests. Yeah, our men's life group we uh, we solved a lot of our uh, dating our spouse issues in the life group itself. Uh, we went to go shoot pool and it's like, okay, uh, what are some of the problems that we're having at home? Yeah. Well, my wife says that I just sit on the couch, you know, all evening, you know, at hard day at work, want to come home and just space out and just sit on the couch. And it's like, okay, well, where's the room for me to grow in my, my relationship with my wife? And so in sharing that with the group, yeah. we've all had to, we all were able to tackle a, at least a portion of our marital issues yeah. in that moment. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. Yeah. All right. So, um, kind of wrapping this up want to get some of your your final thoughts but uh i'm i'm going to jump in first uh there is a uh, an old hymn uh that anytime i i talk with somebody about uh worse days in their lives uh either i'll tell them about this story or it'll just be in the back of my head because I, I can't talk to somebody going through difficult without thinking about the story uh behind the the hymn it is well with my soul mm-hmm. uh so it was written by a gay a guy named horatio spafford and um Horatio, he was a Chicago guy, uh, so he owned a bunch of real estate right here in Chicago on the north side uh, back in the 1800s. Chicago Fire destroyed everything. Oh, wow. I mean, he lost he, he lost his businesses. He lost his investments. He, he lost everything. Uh, and so he decided to travel with his wife and four daughters uh, back to England uh, where they were going to do some ministry stuff with uh, D.L. Moody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was like, okay, we've lost everything, but we're 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 faithful. We know that God is at work in, in England right now. And so we're going to go and minister with, with Moody, who is also a Chicago guy. And, uh, so Horatio puts his wife and four daughters on this boat, but at the last minute he decides to wait two more weeks. Uh, there's another financial issue with one of his businesses and trying to recover it. Sure. Uh, and so he said, okay, you guys go ahead. I'll follow in two weeks. And, um, uh, about halfway through somewhere in the Atlantic, um, the boat that his wife and four daughters were on uh, crashes with uh, another vessel uh, and sinks in about 12 minutes. It sinks to the bottom of the oh, ocean. Man. Uh, the wife is rescued uh, by a, a, a little a little boat, uh, but all four daughters, 12-year-old, 9-year-old, 5-year-old, uh, and 2-year-old, I think. It's just devastating. All, all four of them drown. Horatio gets word from his wife that this happened. He gets on a boat to travel uh, to England and the captain of the ship calls him into um, his room as they're passing the point of the previous boats crash captain brings him in and he says, I just want you to know that to, to the best of our knowledge, this is where your, your daughters Mm -hmm. would be. Um, And in that moment, he writes a letter to, to his, uh, his wife. uh, And in the letter, he just talks about how it's, it's okay. I got, we're, we're trusting God in this. Yeah. So he gets to England, spends some time ministering with, with Moody. And he ends up uh, a few months later, he writes this hymn uh, that, that basically talks about, uh, you know, when, when uh, my sorrows uh, crash, like the, the waves of the, like, I mean, it, it's the imagery of it mm-hmm. is water and grief and sorrow. Uh, he, he basically pens this line that says, um, uh, it is well with my soul. Like he's like, even in this most horrific, horrible situation, the loss of his four daughters that he can look at God and say, it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm, 
my my faith is not shaken my love for you is not shaken um i won't i won't ever understand how my four girls could could be taken from me mm. in this way um but my faith and my hope and my trust is not in circumstances and situations it's not on this side of eternity my right, hope right. is built on the other side of eternity and the the hope that he had was just a few weeks before their trip they had a revival service at their church and all of his daughters uh, had given their lives to to Christ, oh, wow. and so he had this assurance. He he knew that yeah. he would see them again, and that's that's the hope that he had. Uh, and so to to be able to, I mean, it's a beautiful hymn. I think it was a uh, Bethel uh, kind of redid it here, like I don't know, mm-hmm. ten years ago. It's a beautiful song. Every time I hear it, I can't help but just just weep. It just yeah. it, it wrecks you. And and I simultaneously, I never want to be in a situation where my faith is tested in that way. I've got three kids. I can't imagine losing even one of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, if that were to happen, I think on my on the worst day of my life, I want to have the kind of faith that that could pen a hymn. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know how to follow that. That's uh, <laughs> it's so powerful. You should have went last, Brent. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. My bad. I mean, yeah. I, I think for me, just to conclude my thoughts on this, is that. You know, uh, it's impossible to please God without faith. Yeah. And so anytime that we go through something, my wife and I, we always pray, thank you, God, for an opportunity to have faith in you, uh, to, to lean on you and to apply our faith in this circumstance that we're going through, um, because that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to please God with our life um, and by applying our faith t- yeah. to him. And so for me. Anytime there's a struggle or a hardship or something that I'm going through, a, a bad day, a bad moment, you know, the first thing I do is I pray and say, God, thank you for allowing me to apply my faith to you. And I, and I hope that my response in this moment pleases you. And the response is my faith in him and not in the thing that I'm going through. Yep. And so I, I think that's that's where I am. And it's it's been very helpful in moving me along yeah. through certain things that, that happen in my life. Yeah. And um and I know that, you know, my faith will grow as I have that same response in the things that are going to happen to me in the future. Because yeah. um, as a believer, uh, God didn't promise us a, a, a great life. He just promised us life in him. Yeah. And it has ups and downs and it's a roller coaster. But yeah. as long as we stay on uh, strapped down to our faith in him, I, I yeah. think everything will be good and OK according to his will. Yep. Yeah, ultimately, our hope is in our God, not in our circumstances. Right. And so the circumstances can suck, and God can yeah. still be God. Right. Man. Well, for those of you that are, are in a situation, man, I, I don't know. I don't know the details uh, of your circumstances, but I, I do know that if you're experiencing the worst moment of your life right now, I, I just want you to know that there is hope. There is always hope. Uh, there's hope because we serve a God who is amazing, who is awesome. Uh, and who brings all things together for our good. Uh, and even if you don't see the goodness in what you're going through right now, don't give up. Uh, don't quit on God. Uh, God is is right there by your side. Lean on him. Let the Holy Spirit be the comforter in your life. Let him be your helper because uh, he can give you the strength um, to get you through this situation. Uh, but I also want to encourage you, talk to somebody. Uh, don't suffer alone. Um, don't go through whatever you're going through in isolation. Isolation is deadly. 
uh, and it, it is not good for us. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not just about a husband and wife. That's about us as human beings. Uh, and so find community, find somebody that you can lean on. Uh, and if you're hurting right now, let us know. We, we, we want to be able to pray for you, connect with you, uh, and help you find some healthy relationships that are going to get you through this thing. So this was a little bit of a different uh, kind of podcast, uh, yeah. but uh, I think it was uh, important for us to talk about uh, in light of Easter and the resurrection and, and all of the greatness and excitement, yeah. but also there's there's some real pain in yeah. the midst of all that stuff. So thank you for hanging out with us. Sweet. Thank you, Carlton. Cool.